The Celtics beat the Lakers again off the back of a game-saving block by Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown gave us a redemption arc that would make Darth Vader jealous. All that and more on First to the Floor. It's going to be First to the Floor here, and it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. That's not the first time we've seen a superstar in green and white sacrifice my body. Welcome back to another episode of First to the Floor, and I'm joined, as I often am, by the big dog, Wayne Spoonie. How are you, mate? Uh, good. I, you know, on uh, Facebook, I don't know if they still let you do this, but they used to let you put like your relationship status as yeah. it's complicated. It's complicated with me and the Celtics right now, but <laughs> hey, dude, they all count the same in the win column, right? Never in doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never in doubt. <laughs> Um, look, we we may as well get straight into it. Yeah, address the uh, elephant in the room. Um, the Celtics played the Lakers yesterday. We survived NBA Rivals Week. Um, great initiative, firstly by the NBA. Very how cool. much how much fun um, was that? Um, Jason Tatum allegedly fouled LeBron on one of the last plays of regulation, um, and LeBron reacted. As if Adam Silver had taken his family hostage, um, it was absolutely absurd. Um, the Lakers have never had a call go against them. Um, there were no bad calls leading up to that that went against the Celtics. Um, how do we how do we unpack the last few minutes of regulation there, Spence? So, okay, here's what I want to say <laughs> about LeBron's reaction. First of all, the le- the the uh, last two minute report came out. And there were three calls missed in favor of the Lakers and one, the no call on Tatum's block, <laughs> quote unquote <laughs> block, was the only one in favor of the Celtics. So the fact that I have not seen an NBA player react to anything the way LeBron James reacted. Bro, you're four games under 500. This game is not that important. If you cared this much, you probably should have won a lot more than 23 games before this point. I mean, that was absolutely absurd. Um, And I, I don't even know, like, Pat Bev almost closed this game out for the Lakers. Like, it was just a bizarre, bizarre game. What's up, Landon? Thanks for stopping in as always. Um, Just a really bizarre game from start to finish. And the last two minutes were the most bizarre of the bizarre with Pat Bev with an absurd (laughs) tip slam. Which last two minute report, that should have been a foul on Anthony Davis for pushing the back. So, I mean, what are we even talking about here? I mean, this reaction by LeBron and the Lakers is absurd. It's frankly embarrassing. Go win 50 games if you want to care this much about a regular season game. I'm sorry. So that's clearly why they're so upset, right? Like they need every game right yeah. now to get back into the playoffs. And it's like you had you had overtime. Like this game was not over and it felt it looked like it was over for the Lakers in overtime. Like they did not turn up. They weren't getting back on defense for for Jalen Brown um out in transition. Um, oh God, dude! Yeah. Jalen was yeah absurd well, in the overtime. They just like no one wanted to guard him. No one, yeah. They didn't want any business uh, that Jalen Brown had for them. Um, we've got a couple of clips here, just because I think it's important to note that this is not you know the Celtics have gone through many of many a time the refs have screwed us. So one that really, really firstly came to mind: Game Six, Western Conference Semifinals in the buzzer in the bubble. Firstly, I forgot about this. Nick Nurse on the court, no yeah, technical. Literally spotting up for a corner three. <laughs> and then Kemba going down, tie ball game, three seconds left. Hacked by OG Ananobi. And look at this reaction from Kemba Walker. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see. Um, we're showing the clips here. OG hacks him there. Not only that, they, the Raptors get a timeout somehow off of this rebound where it's clearly a jump ball. With two point two seconds left, I mean, OG, like, I was, I was, you know, catatonic. I was catatonic. (laughs) It was a, I was a mess. I I had to go for a very long walk after that game. Um, And another example, just this season as well, um, against the Cavs, the first, the second game that went to overtime, Tatum, amazing play by Celtics, dunks it on Jalen Allen's head, 
And Jared Allen smacks him in the head, no call, smacks him in the shoulder. Clears day, ref right in front of him too. Like, complete miss. So, yes, of course Tatum was upset. Yes, of course Kemba was upset. But this, like, this happens every day, multiple times per game. I don't think that there's, like, an easy fix to, to, like, dealing with the the refs and them missing calls. I think basketball is a really difficult sport to get right, um, especially when um, there's so many pulls and there's so many plays happening at all times. But it's just, I think, Spoonie, you have one more call literally from, from the from the Knicks game. Yeah. As well. You say it happens every day, Jake. It's because it does. Because literally the game before, when we lost to the Knicks in overtime, Rob Williams has a game-winning um, putback that he clearly gets hacked by Jericho Sims on no call. We go to OT Celtics losing overtime. Have you heard any whinging from Celtics fans? Have you heard any absurd takes? No Celtics fans are like, I can't believe we played so bad. We should have beat them in overtime. This is ridiculous. We suck. It's not like this is all a conspiracy against <laughs> LeBron James and the Lakers. If anything, the whole league has been a conspiracy for the Lakers. Like throughout their entire history, they get the benefit of everything. David Stern used to say, my ideal finals matchup would be the Lakers versus the Lakers. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> it's absurd. That, again, tribute time. I will know, you know, no one, no one should feel bad for the Lakers. You, it's a perfect point. Every, everyone knows for the NBA to make more money, the Lakers playing prime time, the Lakers being in the playoffs, the Lakers being in the finals makes not just the NBA money, it makes all the other teams money, it makes the players more money. Literally, everybody wins yep. when the Lakers are in the playoffs and in the finals. Let's let's go back a few years here, Spoon. Let's see how you do on this little trivia question I've got for you. Okay, uh-oh. <laughs> 2010, Celtics-Lakers Game 7. Can you guess how many Lakers shot in the fourth quarter of Game 7? Free throws? Free throws, sorry. Was, it wasn't it like 20? 21 free throw attempts. Hey, that's pretty good. Okay, well, I, yeah. That's a point. Yeah. Now, sub question. How many free throws did Kobe Bryant shoot in the fourth quarter of game seven? 12? Nine. Nine. All right. Okay. <laughs> Look, I can't do nine times that's four. Absurd. That seems like a lot. That seems like a lot yeah. of free throws for, for a full game. The Lakers, I will never, ever, ever feel sorry for you. There is no conspiracy. The refs aren't out to get you. This is an imperfect game. Watch any other game, any other night. Read any two-minute report. Calls go both ways every night. This is what happens. Please, please grow up. Yeah. And hey, look, they missed that foul on Anthony Davis on Pat Bev's tip dunk. Say everything else remains yeah. the same and they get the Tatum call right. LeBron is not automatic from the free throw line by any point. So it's like you can't complain about one missed call. When there's another one literally right before it that benefited your team to put them in the position where that no call screwed you, you know, like you can't have one without the other. So you just got to <laughs> suck it up. You're going to get screwed by the refs and you're going to benefit from the refs and it's going to balance out over the season. So especially when you're the Lakers, <laughs> so, like I don't want to hear it. It's crazy. And the refs issued an apology the, on Twitter today, which was that real? I think it's real. That's ridiculous. And dude. I that was pathetic. This, the refs have to get together and put put a like a highlight package or a low light package, similar to what Daryl Morey did for James Harden back at the Rockets days, of all the times LeBron acts like he's been shot in the neck, and it was a clear call, non call that went, um, you know, the right way, and his reaction, you know, again, completely unwarranted. You know, you look at Kemba, look at Tatum, look at all these guys that get found. Like, yeah, of course you're upset, but man, the reaction for LeBron, man, it's just, he is the lamest of the greatest players of all time. Like, pick the sport, man. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no question he is the second greatest basketball player of all time after Michael Jordan, of course. Um, but, I mean, the level of swag, the level of cool that some of these other players have is incomparable. Um, and the, the Lakers, look, they're staring down the barrel of not just uh, missing the playoffs this year. They're staring down the barrel of another decade, like at the bottom yeah. of the NBA and no way to get out like they yeah. were able to last year because they've traded all their picks until 2027. 
It seems fake. It sounds fake. All their picks <laughs> until 2027. But, dude, go back to, I think it was the 2013 playoffs. They played Oladipo and Paul George in the first round, yep. and it went to seven. LeBron was stiff-arming Paul George Good. every single drive, like throwing elbows into his neck and stuff. Every single drive, never an offensive foul. Uh, and they they took them seven. So, like, he gets a few of those offensive foul calls. They might lose that series. And there you go, Heedles. So, um, it's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. I I cannot <laughs> stop laughing at that temper tantrum, dude. My kid throws milder temper tantrums <laughs> than that. He was, like, praying on the court practically. I mean, it was bizarre it behavior. Was... And then Pat Brev brings out the, incredible. the camera I love to that. the ref. That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, as far as we can tell, that technical that Pat Beverly received should have been in regulation game. and the Lakers should have yeah. just lost the game, yeah. which would have been, oh. So sweet. So, so sweet. Um, I don't know if we have any other refs, Lakers takes. Um, no, I think we've, yeah, we've, <laughs> <laughs> we've got all those out. It feels good though. Yeah, it was beautiful. Chef's kiss, undefeated against the Lakers this year, two overtime yep. games, um, two Ws, never in doubt, of course. Um. How about right. the, yeah, how about the rest of rest of the game? Um, I think coming into the game, I was, you know, my kind of general feel of the Celtics as we're in now, one of our classic slides that we've been doing pretty much all of the Tatum, Smart, Jalen, Brad Stevens era. Um, how long is it gonna last? Is this gonna be the day that they kind of snap out of it? Or is this, are we gonna have to kind of get through another one of those games? Um, and it was kind of the latter, even though they ended up winning. Yeah, I, I don't know if I should feel good that they managed to win this game despite not playing very well or feel bad. That's kind of, this is kind of what I was getting at when I said the relationship is complicated with the Celtics right now. Uh, or if I should be concerned that the same bad habits from the previous three losses, uh, you know, reared their ugly head in a game where, look, we're missing two of our best players. Like, we, I, I don't want to forget that fact that, like, we are not a championship caliber team without Marcus Smart and probably without Rob Williams as well. So you got to expect like, or rather the expectation has to be lowered a little bit when those guys are out, but you can still play the right way. And it seemed like both of the, these past two games, they didn't start playing the right way until the fourth quarter. <laughs> and I thought um, Jalen, especially in crunch time, was the best player on the court, and I'm not sure it was particularly close. He absolutely dominated this game in the fourth in overtime. Uh, and, you know, 37-9-3 with a steal and a block, three turnovers, totally acceptable number considering how much he was handling the ball as well. Um, so, it, you know, it pays to have another wing who is incredibly good because this was not Tatum's finest game. No, it was not. Yeah. No, it was not. And... So, but I will say with Tatum, the fact that he's getting to the line so much, like he ended up still getting 30 in this game. I know. It's like, crazy. Like first part of last season when he was having that stinker of first third of the, of the season, he wasn't getting to the line either. So like these seven for 20 nights were like 14, 17 points. But now he's getting to the line 10, 12 times a game. Um, what feels like when he's having a bad game as well, he's like, all right, well, here's this other thing that I, get, I can do as well that helps us stay in the game. Which is just really impressive, but Jalen, yeah, we were we were staring down the barrel of a pretty another another uncomfortable Jalen Brown conversation. Um, yeah. But man, what a redemption! Like the second half and and overtime, right? Like what what was it? It was eight for 11, 24 points, one turnover, and seven from eight from the line. I mean, talk about redemption! Like the Dude, Q that, Bob Marley. I, are you kidding me? <laughs> Unbelievable! The fact that. The next game after missing both free throws against the Knicks, which was brutal, brutal, brutal. brutal. I thought he would miss one. I thought for sure he would yeah. miss one. I didn't have missing two on my bingo card. No, dude, yeah, that we, was so bad. But the next game to have the option, like the basketball gods work in mysterious ways and to have him get the opportunity, the next game, game on the line, Lakers, national TV, um, and nailed it. Seven from eight from the line in the second half. Four for five from the line in overtime. Uh, he was dominant. He, he was like, give me the ball. He was pushing in transition. It was, mm -hmm. um, it was a complete takeover uh, on, on both ends. Defense was good as well. But 
that one pull-up three that he had in transition where he just stopped on a dime, splash, talking to the crowd, felt like he was talking to himself as well. Yeah. Um, like that's, he needed that. I think we all needed that. Yeah. I do not love that shot except for I knew that was going in because when Jalen is in the zone like that and he's hot, like that is a good shot for him in those moments. And I mean, he splashed that thing. It was never in doubt going to the bottom of the net. Now, I just thought it was um, great uh, in that it shows a lot of progress for this team from a process standpoint. I don't know. I, I feel like last year, a lot of times Jalen was not super involved in crunch time in the offense. And in fact, people would call it out very often that Udoka is just having Jalen stand in the corner. He doesn't do anything in the fourth quarter. It's all Tatum ISO. Um, and that's really changed. Uh, Jalen's been a killer in the fourth quarter this year. And this game was like the crowning, you know, cherry on top of that with just, I don't know what the Lakers were doing in, in semi-transition. I mean, they just weren't getting back, and he was just blow, absolutely blowing by people, getting to the rim, getting fouled. Uh, I understand why the Lakers – I mean, they're pretty talented, man, but like they just don't do yeah. any of the little things you need to do. Like We complain about the Celtics not doing that stuff. The Celt- the, the Lakers make us look like the 4 Pistons with the <laughs> little things. You know what I mean? Like It's just pathetic. It's a good question. We got Dylan in the chat here. It's like – how long are these habits going to persist? Are they going to decide to play three and a half bad quarters per game? Um, they won't. They won't. They will snap out of it eventually. Um, and part, and that's likely going to coincide with getting Marcus back and Rob coming back as well. Um, the offensive rebounding from Anthony Davis? Brutal. Tough. Five offensive rebounds. I think it led to seven Laker points. Um, if Rob's out there... That's not happening. Like, that's just something that he's he's so incredible at. And so, the sluggish offense, the contested threes, the the lack of ball movement, both Rob and Marcus, Marcus especially, is going to help us kind of get back on track there. But yeah. again, thirty two percent from three yesterday. Like, we just cannot cannot shoot. Um, in the month of January, we're twentieth in three point percentage. Ugh. Yeah. Luckily, the Lakers are worse, and they shot like twenty nine percent from yes. three, so that was nice. But uh, so it's in. I thought Joe made a really fascinating defensive choice in the fourth quarter in overtime, and that was putting Malcolm Brogdon mm. on Anthony Davis. And Brogdon did a really, really good job. And I think the only place that Davis really hurt him was on the yeah. offensive glass. Um, so I think if you're weighing the pros and cons of like having Brogdon be able to take care of Davis defensively and maybe give up a little on the glass, I think you're okay with it. And then also they love that LeBron Anthony Davis pick and roll, but when it's Brogdon, like he can do okay. He'll do a better job on LeBron than like Al Horford will. So you're not getting the switch you want um, when Brogdon is on Anthony Davis. And then you're switching like Jalen or Tatum on AD and they're, they're fine enough. They can handle AD. Um, yeah, AD, yeah. Look, sorry, go ahead. Well, AD, he, he's never going to be a guy that you you drop it down in the post and he's banging you. Right, um, exactly. He's finesse. And that's, yep. but that's where he's- Always, yeah. yeah but that's ups, where he's been, yeah. he's always been dominant, dominant though, has been the boards. And like, you know, when he was in prime, even earlier this year, like those, those 35 and 17 nights that he was racking up with the Pelicans and earlier this year, so much of that is coming off. Um, coming off rebounds, uh, lobs. Little touch shots. And yeah, the, the Celtics have kind of the length to make it make it difficult on him. So yeah, I, I really liked Joe Lee's trying stuff. And then earlier in the game, it was switch everything. Because um, mm-hmm. LeBron doesn't like, it's a tough matchup for Tatum. I find like, I think, you know, Al Grant, I thought had did a pretty good job on LeBron defensively yesterday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they switched everything, which is why we didn't see Derek White for the most part, um, kind of down the stretch until Grant fouled out. Which I also learned, which added to the conspiracy, was the first time I saw the players fouled out all season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Clearly, it's, uh, you know, the refs are in it for us. Exactly. Uh, even though, you know, the first time someone fouled out. So, it, it was, uh, I thought Grant did a really good job on LeBron. Uh, no one can, re- when LeBron cares and wants to win a game, there's really nothing you can do to stop him. You can just 
really you almost treat him like Giannis. You kind of let him get his and limit his playmaking because that's probably LeBron's greatest skill is his passing. And, um, you know, I, I thought we did okay at that, uh, at t- better in the fourth quarter and overtime, def- especially overtime. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were like a bizarre Russ and one put back from, you know, really never being close in that OT. Um, so, yeah, and I thought Brogdon, this might have been Brogdon's best game. How did Vonley never foul out? I know, yeah. <laughs> if he had played more than, you know, if he got up to like 12 minutes instead of eight, I think he probably would have, but uh, Noah. Yeah, Nadil um, and JT got kicked out in a preseason game, I believe, in uh, yeah. Toronto. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no. That's great. Yeah. You know, Brogdon was, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. Right? Was, yeah. Wasn't, I, I just want to ask, do you think this was Brogdon's best game as a Celtic? I mean, it's certainly up there. It's definitely up there. I'm, I'd have to go back and look, but I feel like there's been a couple where, yeah. But see, when, he, when he's having these nights and we're on here, we were talking, he's going to have these games in the playoffs where he has 26 points, where he has 28, right. when he has 23, um, you know, eight for 15, three for seven from three, six assists, uh, six rebounds, four assists, two steals, block. Like he, he was really doing it all. Um, 39 minutes as well. Um, yeah. And we're going to get to some minute management stuff a bit later when we kind of look ahead. But um, we've now been testing, definitely been testing the boundaries more with um, Marcus out on on what Brogdon's been able to do. And since that lull about three weeks ago, wherever me, one of those people, um, was starting to get a little antsy with the Malcolm Brogdon experience and the missed layups and the um, the poor defense, it feels like he had a, whatever it was, wake-up call. Basically, just started playing better, and um, he's been fantastic. And we needed him in this game. He yeah, kept us in it, like the the timely shots. Um, when we did the the um, the showdown between all the Celtics' skills, we had you know Tatum, Brogdon, and Jalen's pull up threes. And again, yesterday he hit another one big. Uh, you feel really confident with him taking those shots and being aggressive. Yeah, and, and we needed all of them yesterday. Yeah, I think uh, we we talked about should we be changing our expectations about what to yeah. expect from Malcolm Brogdon, and then he like went and ripped off his, his best <laughs> two, like best three weeks in two years. So yeah, well, as always, I'm a moron. We'll take uh, it. Yeah, 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 I'll keep jinxing our players. Yeah. Tatum guy's terrible, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, and I thought if you combine his offensive output with what he did defensively, because I think this is probably look. I've been critical. of Brogdon's defense this year and I think rightly so because he's had some really bad moments on the defensive end I think this was pretty easily his best defensive game of the season and part of that is I think he's good when guys try to beat him with strength because he's really you know he's 6'5 good wingspan and really strong it's those quicker guards um, that can can just kind of blow by him so I thought he did as well as he could um, on LeBron and just an incredible job on AD Uh, so yeah, overall, man, I I, I hard pressed to think of a game he's played better for the Celtics. I know he's had a couple bigger scoring nights, but when you look at the defense yep. too, I mean, he was just great. Yeah, let's chalk it up. Malcolm Brogdon against the Lakers, best game yeah. of the season. I feel like that's Boom. a good sign. I feel like that's a yeah, good sign right. as far as Malcolm Brogdon <laughs> things go. Um, right. I mean, anything else from from this specific game? Um, Tatum, not a great one, obviously. Um, I touched on the free throw attempts. I, I I'm still trying to get over how like how much of an improvement that is. Like it's it's turned him in, you know, from from a borderline top ten scorer, um, having kind of issues with efficiency and as painful it is for people and um watch people go to the free throw line, that, you know, being able to buoy you when you're Huge. having a rough shooting night, which is just gonna happen. That's just the NBA. Um, such a big deal. I thought the defense was there, a couple of offensive rebounds. Um Outside of the shooting, I thought he was, um, he played pretty well. Yeah, I think he hit the glass. He's been a monster on the glass for like a month now. Another double digit rebounding game, two offensive boards, which yeah. he like never gets offensive no. rebounds. And I like the process from him. Um, he did take 10 threes, but I felt like he was really attacking the paint. A lot of his misses were at the rim where it was like 50-50 whether he got called for a foul or not, including that one that got overturned that I That's thought, borderline. What, yeah. Like, what are these conclusive things that are supposed to be happening? I don't, I don't uh, understand. AD, he was like under AD's like yeah. shoulder and yeah. he rose up into AD's like armpit essentially and then AD pulled back. But there was contact there. So 
if it's a 50-50 call, which I think it is, right? Like I understand if they yeah. didn't call that a foul on the floor. Okay. okay, fine. But how do you overturn it if there's legitimate contact? I just right. it doesn't make any damn sense to me, but who yeah, knows? Yeah. And then yeah, <laughs> that just reminded me like the Wiggins with um Horford in the Warriors game where yeah. it didn't look like he touched him. I don't understand what is it is it conclusive, not conclusive. The refs seemingly don't understand. No one knows. No one freaking knows. Um, But yeah, he did have that stretch in the third quarter where he hit back-to-back threes, got to the line, and that was Mm -hmm. like, we needed a spark. We needed something. And that's that's why he's an MVP candidate. He could be having a bad game, and then bang, we're back in it. And he was able to do that. And 47 minutes again. <sighs> that's so many. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. It's too dude. many. It's too much. We got to make a trade or something. Yeah. It's I, just, he can't keep playing this much. It's ridiculous. Um, that's probably a good place to move on to um, our next little segment here. We've got eight games left until the All Star break. Let's, I've got some January stats here for you because it's what it, it feels like it's been a bad month. Yeah, yeah it does. It feels yeah, like it's been a absolutely. bad month. And I think there has, no question, been some rough moments. Yeah, Magic game, Heat game, Knicks game. OKC. OKC. Yeah, it's been a a tough little stretch here. But that being said, firstly, we led the league in games played, 15. Um, Four teams have played 15 games in January, Um, 10 and 5 over that stretch, fourth in the league in winning percentage. Offensive rating, which is, I think, what we can all see, 20th. Defensive rating, 6th. Net rating, 9th. Three-point percentage is 20th. I think three-point percentage and then this little bit here, missed games. Marcus missed six out of 15 games. That's 40% of January. Jalen missed four. Rob missed four. And then Brogdon now missed two. But the fact that both Marcus, Jalen, and Rob all missed four or more games, you know, which is a really big chunk of, of the month, it can sometimes just be as simple as health, some three-point shooting luck. Um, and what, what, are your, what are your kind of thoughts on zooming out for the month of January? Yeah, I, I honestly think a good – I think you're spot on with those two things. One, it's health. And then two, like, you know, if shots aren't falling, like, you're not going to look super good on offense, right? Especially when it's an offense is predicated on generating open threes and then making them. Um and I wonder what that net rating looks like without that OKC game where we lost by like oh. 45 or 50 or whatever it was. So I think ninth, you know, that's still like, not I, bad. you feel, yeah, we feels <laughs> like we played terrible. We were 10 and five in the month with, you know, Marcus missing six games and Jalen four, Rob four. So like it, if this is our bad month, this is a pretty damn good team. And I think that's what we're seeing is even though they have not been playing their best ball, even though the shots aren't falling, they're still clawing their way to, you know, what is that, 75% win percentage or 66% win percentage, which is like a 50-win team, basically. So if they're on their worst days, a 50-win team, and then, you know, if they're even close to what they were for that first two months of the season where they were just blowing the doors off everybody, I mean, this is a championship team. That's what it looks like. Even when they're bad, they find ways to win. Even when the shots aren't falling, they find ways to win. And I think that's what we're seeing uh, in January. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. It can, it can kind of be that simple. Like if you were to tell me that I was, we were going to miss Marcus Smart for 40% of a season, I'd be like, that's, that's Bad. worth a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of wins that we're not going to be yeah. getting. Um, like if you're going to rank the most important players on the team after Jason Tatum, it's some, probably some combination of Jalen, Marcus, Rob, maybe Al, is that, you know, and we missed all three of those guys during this month. So like, right. A lot of the trepidation with, with this month, I think, um, is fair because I think both things can be true in that the health wasn't super good. I think the process of some of the time hasn't been good as well, um, especially on offense, but it's kind of a chicken and an egg thing. Is that because Celtics are going back into bad habits or is it because you know their best playmaker and their best point guard hasn't been playing? And Dylan in the chat here earlier was like, you know, we've got White and Brogdon. Why, why when you know, Marcus goes out, do we, do we, are we seeing more and more initiation from from Jason and Jalen, I think, you know, increasing Jason's usage is fine. I think he's more than capable of, of being the lead initiator. But I totally agree. Like, this is, this is where Derek White should be playing 30, 35 minutes a night. He can play point guard. Um, I do think he's, um, you know, playmaking ability. It can, it can sometimes be a little 
overrated because he he doesn't have the athleticism or the strength to really kind of create advantages one on one. Right. Um, as good as he is as, as finding guys and connecting and moving the ball, being like pure point guard, there's no better emergency point guard in the NBA, I don't think, than than Derek White. Like it's a ridiculous, you know, embarrassment of riches. But at the same time, um, you are going to see a dip relative to Marcus. Like he's been so so good. Um, two career years in a row here, you know, finding himself in this role. Um, but don't think it can be overstated how um, important he was, has been for this team. When he became like, when, you know, when Jalen and Jason got called out by Smart and they finally bought into the ball movement of last season, it was with Marcus Smart running the show, mm-hmm. trusting him to make plays, moving the ball back to Marcus so he can make more plays. And the same was true when they were the best offense in the league this year. We love and trust Marcus Smart for a reason, you know? Yeah, and that was kind of the knock on Marcus his first couple of years. It's like he just can't create an advantage. Like even when he gets into the lane, he's kind of finishing over people or through people. So he's not really drawing a ton of help. And then that makes it harder to get assists, right? When you're not getting guys open with your dribble penetration as a point guard, like you're not going to be an incredible playmaker, um, even if Marcus is a great passer. But he's gotten to the point now where he's just so clever on the pick and roll um, that he, even if he's not got the quickest first step and he's so strong that if you are behind him, he just puts you in jail. He just uses his strength and then that help's got to come. And he is such a good, like the thing I miss about Marcus is his passes are so accurate. Yeah. Like even if um, like Brogdon makes the right pass, it might be like down at a guy's knees or like a little off to the right or left or something like that. But if Marcus is hitting you, it is like right in the shooting pocket. You're ready to catch fire immediately. And I think that really helps for guys rhythm. So yeah, I tweeted some highlights of smarts passing right before he um, stopped playing games because of the injury. (laughs) I was like, man, we are just missing this dude. And yeah, we just don't have somebody who sees the floor like him and not a lot of teams do, you know, so it's understandable, but man, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I think another thing you can't underrate as well, right? And something that we've been you know, banging on about why this team has been so good for the last couple of years and even back is because Jalen, Jason, and Marcus have been together for so long. Marcus right. knows these guys' tendencies better than anybody else. Um, as good as Derek and, and Malcolm are, like Malcolm's still new to this team um, and understanding you know, when they like to cut, when, when it looks like they're faking a cut. Marcus knows these guys like the back of their hands. Even, you know, the fact that he's only been the lead point guard for, for a season and a half now, he's been playing with them for, for six plus years. So, yep. you, you know, you, you can't underrate how important Marcus is. And um, we've got three days off here, which everybody needs, like a freaking hole in the head. Um, like, again, we, we played the more games than anybody, right? Like in, in the month of January, um, tied, for five, tied for first, sorry. Um, I think yeah. we've played more yeah. games than anybody through the season. I think we've played three more games than Philly has I right saw now. That. That was Two weird. more than the Bucks. Like it's just bizarre. Yeah. So that will eventually kind of like even out and here's our first taste of it, I'm guessing. So three days yeah. off. Um we're going to be getting the the K D less nets, which I don't feel bad about at all. Um nope. yeah. <laughs> Speaking about our, you know, our own health issues. Um now I'm gonna, you know, this next section kind of with the overarching question, um, does the one seed really matter? Of course, we want the one seed. We want home court advantage. But this Celtics team has been so good on the road this season. Incredible on the road last season. Like, we, you know, game six in Milwaukee, game seven in Miami, game one in Golden State. Like, this team's really good on the road. They have mm-hmm. the playoff experience. Like, there's a, I'm not worried about them on the road at all. Chase and Tatum, month of January. Absurd. Absurd. 31, 10, and 5. On 59% true shooting, 38.7 minutes per game. That's just. How was that third in the league, yeah. dude? Was it the Raptors guys or yeah, something? Yeah, I think Siakam was up there uh, yeah. as well. Like he's fourth in the league in total minutes on the year in f- last five games. <laughs> um, and first in the league over the last five games, 42 minutes per game. I know there's been two overtime games, but it's like we ran into this issue last year, whether it's mental or physical fatigue it became an issue in the Warriors series. And even even prior to that, I think, in the Miami series as well. The reason we're really good, the reason we're one of the best teams in the league is because of Jason Tatum. Like, the team's really good around him, but, you know, Spoon, you've been tweeting some of the on-off numbers with Tatum with some, with some of these guys out. Um, and 
The only reason they're in these games is because Jason Tatum is playing 39 minutes a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I tweeted out uh, before the game last night, we were getting outscored by 50 points per 100 possessions when Tatum sat. Like, that is jaw-dropping. Not, I mean, obviously, it's a small sample size, and that's why it's so crazy, but it just goes to show how important he is to the team. And Karen Creations, bring, I think, brings up an interesting point in the uh, chat here. Uh, she says, I don't think a trade is keeping JT off the court, honestly. And I tend to agree. Yeah. But I, I almost want Brad to just go get a wing and be like, Joe, this dude is not playing more. I don't care. He's not playing more than 34 minutes. You need to play this guy I just traded for. Like, I agree with you, Karen. I think Joe wants to win these games. I think that's a symptom of being a new rookie coach who's still the interim and still kind of, you know, coaching for his job realistically. Right. Uh, so I'm not sure a trade would actually get Joe to play him less minutes, but at some point I think Brad's got to step in and just be like, stop it. This can't happen. <laughs> he cannot average 39 minutes in a month, dude. That's like 2002 stuff. Like the nineties, yeah. these guys are playing that many minutes and the game is much more difficult now because there's so many there's so shooters space. you have yeah. to sprint out yeah there's so much space it's like non-stop running now you watch a 90s game it's like backing them down backing them down everybody stands around yeah. for you know 15 seconds of possession it's just not like that anymore and we cannot have tatum be tired for the playoffs again we just can't that'll that'll cost us a title yeah there's no question and you know that, that's why we were pushing to the all-star game uh, we've got this little cushion here that's been and that's the thing as well like we're starting to lose some of these games and Tatum to me defensively has tipped a pretty pretty obviously, especially recently. Yeah. And no yes. like no poop. Forty two yeah. minutes a game over the last five games is absurd. Um and no question, all the Celtics fan in the chat, like it is one of my favorite things about Jason Tatum is that he's obsessed with playing, he's obsessed with winning. He wants to be on the court forty five minutes if it's gonna help him get a win. And the fact is he is helping us get these wins like him being on the court no matter what in like what capacity half a wrist tired like it's a good thing but like as you said Spoonie it will cost us a title if he's not at least you know real like no one's perfectly healthy and fresh going into the playoffs but like Giannis gets rest like all a lot of these guys get rest when I'm looking at the total minutes like he's a, I get against the other you know MVP candidates he's well ahead outside of Jokic. Um, and Jokic plays a completely different style to Tatum. Like, Jokic barely jumps off the ground. Like, he's right. Like, <laughs> you, you can't fit, you know, the newspaper under his, under his feet. And he, he jogs up and down the court a lot of the time at his own pace. Um, and not to, not to take anything away from his Iron Man stuff, but like Tatum's playing like wing defense on everyone, chasing out the shooters, as he said. Like, it's tough. And switching onto yeah. bigs and boxing out bigs and battling. He's doing all, like all the stuff Jokic does on defense and then all the stuff uh, on the perimeter switching. Like Jokic is just in drop and he's just protecting the rim. Like he's not out there switching on guys, chasing around guys around screens and stuff like that. Like he's got a battle on the boards. He's also a seven foot monster, yeah. you know, like Tatum is a big dude, but he is not Jokic. I mean, that's going to take a toll on him. We ask a lot out of him on the defensive end. And um, I'm with you. I, I think his defense has definitely slipped in the month of January, but I don't really blame him. Um, I, we just got to get the minutes down, dude. I don't care how. I don't care if we take some more losses. Like That's why you get 21 games over 500 at the end of January. So you can play him 30 minutes a night and maybe you lose two or three or four games you shouldn't have, but that's fine. We're we're good in the standings. We're going to be a top three seed unless something terribly terribly bad happens. Yeah, that's that's the one thing we have to. You have to be a three seed at least in the East this year because you cannot yeah. end up playing one of Sixers, Bucks, Nets, or Cavs in round one. Like yep. that's another way you screw yourself with rest. Is like you know, as much as I think that we win most of those series, like you don't want the Cavs in round one. Like that that ends up going five, you know, six games easily. Um, yeah, we need to throttle them down, um, take some losses. And, like, if he plays a few less minutes, it could, you know, bring that defense back. I, I don't think, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, sacrificing quality for quantity a little bit here. We know his shooting splits were down in, in January as well. So, 
I think, yeah, I think we both agree. One seed's not super important. Um, the other guys coming back will also help, obviously. But yeah, we, I think this is the easiest, you know, argument for getting another wing is getting Tatum, you know, rested for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, our other Jay, Jalen Brown, um, having a pretty, look, honestly, when you zoom out for Jalen, 27, 7, 2.7 uh, assists on 48, 32, and 74. So, you know, earlier in the year, we were talking about how, well, maybe Jalen's fixed the free throw thing. Well, I don't think he's quite fixed the free throw thing, but no. he, yeah, <laughs> but even, okay. I, even then, I think, you know, he's going to be basically where he was before the part that we, of Jalen's game that has just kind of been an issue this year has just simply been the three point shooting, uh, this season, 32.8 last season, 35.8, but the catch and shoot stuff where it felt like Jalen was money, uh, over the past couple of seasons, he's, you know, 32.9 this season. And 36.7 last season. It's kind of just all tied into the overall shooting luck. Like Jalen and Jason's three-point percentages are down. Um, Jalen's feel like the more, the more likely one to come back. I feel like Tatum just is taking a lot of more difficult ones. So the fact that his three-point percentage last year is similar to this year, I think might actually end up being closer to where he ends up for the next few years. He'll have an outlier years coming up at some point. But um, Jalen, the three-point stuff, I feel like, can 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 come back? Yeah, it, it feels like he just never makes a wide open catch and shoot three anymore. Yeah. And those were like absolute money for the longest time, especially from the corners. And I wonder if it's because he's on the ball a little bit more and operating like above the break more, so he's not in that corner. I, I'd like to see the number. I, I should have looked it up before the show. That would have been good, but <laughs> I didn't even think to. I, I wonder if he's taken less corner catch and shoot threes. I don't even think you can get that specific on NBA.com. Yeah, but you regardless, can't. I, I yeah. was looking at corner. Like, all of them are down, but you can't look at, at least we don't have access to catch and shoot on yeah. corners versus other spots. But yeah, dude, the corner three has been money for, for years now. Even going back to that that run where they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to the Cavs. Like that was like the, the Jalen Brown catch and shoot explosion. Yeah. And it's kind of been money ever since, which we, means we have a big sample size of him being really good in those spots. And we've even seen it like the microcosm of it when, you know, big games, big moments. Yesterday was, was you know, an example of you know, him stepping up. The Warriors game, couldn't make a shot all game, made the biggest catch and shoot three yep. of the game, right? I have faith that it's going to come back. It's just... You just, you just, it's, what do you do? Painful. It's yeah. painful until it does, dude. I mean, that's really when I'm just watching Tatum and, and Brown just miss three after three. Like, it's not fun to watch. You know what I mean? Like, especially when, uh, for Jalen, especially rather, a lot of these seem like they're open and they're off good ball movement. It's like, oh, dude, you just got to have that one. You just got to reward us playing the right way. And then I feel like when the, open shots off good ball movement don't go down then we start getting into the well if that's not working you know we get into the bad habits again um you know the we're very results thinking in that way but you know it's basketball it's natural these guys aren't like consciously thinking about that in the game it's just like well let's try something a little different here because we can't get a three to go um and i don't know if you can think like that but man it'll come back it's got to dude he's he's been a good shooter for too long yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Not worried, but it hurts, as you said, because yes. <laughs> yeah. he 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 punished to punish teams. You help off Tatum, you help off these guys, and Marcus was fi- you know finds Jalen, and it's just like going back celebrating the three. Not seeing as much of that this year. Um, the All Star break, we need it. Uh, eight games to go. All right, last little segment here. We're we're inching towards going too long as we as we always do. Um, <laughs> Joey Joey Maz Bazooka Joe. Um, how are we feeling? What's the temperature on Joe? I've got, I'm going to try and share this video here, um, of Joe getting very upset yesterday and was reminiscent of, um, of, um, if I've pulled up the wrong thing here, haven't I? That's um, all right. Yeah. 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 I'm very reminiscent of, of an email Udoka, um, you know, timeout from last season where, um, he would just be so so pissed off, and now he's like calling these these quick timeouts. He's swearing into the camera, 
I was going to pull up a great video from Nate, but my technological capabilities aren't um, up to scratch <laughs> like Ben, like ben Ballas's are. Um, alas, how are we feeling about Joe right now? Um, well, I, I am incapable of being objective when it comes to Joe Missoula <laughs> because he is a fellow mountaineer uh, like myself. So it's very difficult for me to criticize him, though. Although I have, um, I think he's done a really good job, all things considered, man. I think he is figuring the timeout thing uh, a lot better. Yeah, he was a Popovichian style yeah. pissed off timeout, which Yudoka is the Popovich tree and then... Clearly, Joe picked that up. So I I think he's had a couple really good timeouts in the last few games where we've really needed one and he's gotten to it. So um tend to think that I also don't mind him letting those guys play through it. Uh, that's I don't think that's the worst thing in the middle of the regular season to do and let these guys play through adversity and they're getting back into bad habits. Just play yourself out of those bad habits without a timeout. Uh, and then maybe they get ingrained a little bit more. So I got offense. It. Yeah. All right. Perfect. I yeah. Got the it. offense, I think, looks, you know, pretty good. I think it looks the, the things we've wanted Tatum off ball more, Jalen more involved in crunch time. Joe has done all those things, put it, keeping the ball in Smart's hands. It's been great. So, yeah, let's Joe with the um, angry timeout. Yeah. I, I swear. I it love around. it. He's I a very it. religious man, too. So I know. I'm surprised. Yeah. I love it because Brad's been through it. Ime has been through it, and now Joey Maz has been through it. Yeah. These guys know what to do, more than capable of playing the right way, but sometimes, and for multiple weeks at a time, they don't. They just don't. They just don't. <laughs> In the post-game press conference, they're like, yeah, I just, we got to play the right way. And then they don't again. Um, and it's just fine to me to see, to see Joey be the next coach in line. Um, to go to go through it because it will it will it will, it will turn around at this point. Um, like you know, we've been harping on the Malcolm and Jalen minutes kind of coming together, but going back to Marcus and Rob being out, like the rotation is kind of seven yeah. and a half deep right now. Yeah. Like in the second half yesterday, I'm pretty sure he only went seven deep. There was no Hauser, there was no Pritchard. Another Emu Dokian uh, move yeah. there. Yeah, it's like I need. I'm, I'm not. I'm not losing four in a row. We're, we're you know we're going to vote up the minutes. We're going to shorten the rotation. Um, so playing Malcolm and Jalen together, you kind of have no choice but to have those minutes kind of match up at times. So I think. Do you think that was the right call going for it, so we don't lose four in a row? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I. It's like how do you how do you not play the results? It's just tough. Yeah. Like the fact that we got the win makes me think makes me say yes. But going back to what we were saying about how seedings don't matter. Um, I was actually watching the game with my sister yesterday. He's visiting from New York and she's like not a sports fan at all. She's like, is this like, like the finals? And everyone I'm like, no, this is like, they have like 40 games left. She's like, oh, so this doesn't really matter. And me and my dad were like, that's, that's a good point. True. It really, yeah. <laughs> really, it really doesn't feel like it doesn't matter right now. But um, it was honestly like a good reminder, like just like yeah. factual. It's one of 30 plus games left. It doesn't really matter. So- Probably wasn't the best decision, but I don't know. I, I feel like when you're on a slide, though, you just got to get off the slide, yeah. right? You like if you just break the slide, like we saw it when we had that uh, one women in five games or whatever, one win in six yeah. games. And then we we got that next win and then we ripped off nine in a row. And I just feel like sometimes it's worth it to just flip the momentum of the season on its head and just like go for a win and it's prime time. It's the Lakers. It's LeBron. Like I'm glad he did it. Like if this were the Raptors or, you know, we were playing like Charlotte or something like that and it was a close game. It's like, that's dude, let Hauser play. Like, come on, what are we doing here? But considering the circumstances, considering we had lost three in a row, it felt like we kind of needed this one. Yeah. I think look, you convinced me. Great call. We got the three. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the three days off coming up after this right. as well. So, you know, you can kind of empty the tank a little bit here. So, good move. Yeah, exactly. I was Celtics fan in the chat. He broke the bad momentum we had. Yeah. yeah, it was the T-Wolves game, right? Where we were on that side. It was just after the Pacers game where we played awfully again, which led straight into the Bucks game on Christmas. And we were back to feeling like we we're going to win the title again. So, yeah, I think maybe, yeah, well, that, that gives Joe the... um. 
to give approval for for the month of Jan. There we go. There we go. Oh, Ten and five is a lot better than nine and six, right, right? Jake? Come yeah, on. <laughs> it is. It's just yeah. hard though with the coaching. Like I think you know, going back to the, the three point shooting, like in the in the health, like I think he's limited with how much he can really do. Um, yeah. I know people are obsessed with the Jason Tatum um, coming out in the first quarter thing. We did that all last season as well. Yep. Like he's done that his whole career. Once he like made the star turn. Yeah. Brad did that. Ime it did that. In Missoula, it's because Tatum destroys with bench lineups. So yeah. you take him out, you know, get Grant in there or something to play with the starters, and then you can have Tatum play with four bench guys, and it's good still. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's just those Jalen Brogdon minutes have not been good. So it's kind of putting us in – it's like a weird situation. It's like yeah. on one hand, do you want Tatum to prop up the bench? But then you're probably playing Jalen and Malcolm together. Um, so it's it's a tough situation. I guess the hope is just like – keep playing those two together and hopefully they figure it out. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Still, you know, figuring out how each other play. Um, but yeah, they are semi overlapping skill wise. Like is Brogdon's a better playmaker, you know, low, oh, yeah. lower turnovers and stuff like that. But um, definitely not. He's, he's not a pure point guard by any stretch of the imagination. He's, he's a score for score first point guard. Um, it's a long season. Joe's still tinkering, um, especially with guys out. But look, we're still the number one seed in the East. We still have the best record in the NBA. Everything's okay. We got three days (laughs) off. We got eight games of four, the All-Star break. We have the Nets coming up next, followed by the Suns. I've heard nothing about Booker coming back anytime soon, but Mm. fingers crossed we get the Suns without Booker. I'm not really too concerned with these star players coming back against us. feels like we (laughs) usually get the luck the other way around. Right. and there's a bunch of winnable games in there. So um, push to the all-star break, get everybody a break, trade for Javante Green, and uh, we'll be good or to PJ. go. Or PJ. Or <laughs> PJ. PJ yeah. Washington. Or PJ yes. Tucker. I'm not sure he's, no, sorry, definitely not disastrous Tucker. game against the, <laughs> yeah. the Nuggets yesterday. Shooting no, 36% at the rim this year. He's just, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Terrible. He missed just a wide-open layup. And then the Sixers <laughs> proceeded to, well, Nuggets, I should say, proceeded to blow that one, um, which was yeah, unfortunate. I watched, I watched some of the fourth quarter yeah. when the, the Sixers were blowing it open. I was like, all right, I'm done with this. Yeah, no this thanks. is not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then the Knicks couldn't get it done against the Nets either. But the same, thankfully, the Celtics saved the day. Um, but I think that's all I got for today. Uh, anything else to add before we get out of here? I got nothing, Jake, man. Hey, win's a win, right? Win's a win. And three days off. So three days off. Everybody get some sleep. Get back to the ice tub, you know, meditation, get your mind straight, self-care. Uh, it's important. Uh, Spirity, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for everybody hanging out in the chat. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of First of the Floor. Please like, subscribe everywhere in our never-ending battle against the algorithm overlords. They're, they're tough out there. Speak to you next time. Go Celtics. <laughs>